For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Football fans and hoodats all over the world, get ready for an episode of Believe in Saints on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Hendricks. And welcome back for another episode of Believe in Saints. I'm John Hendricks alongside Terrence Copper. Man, Terrence, it's a, a short week when you play on Monday Night Football, and it's already Thursday, and uh, we got the, the Tampa Bay coming to town, Halloween. Man, how's things going for you? What's going on with you, man? Uh, not much, man. Just excited about this weekend coming up. I'm excited about how they played, how the Saints played on Monday night. Uh, that gives me a, that gives me way more confidence going into this Sunday game uh, because of the way they played on Monday. Yeah, so, okay, so let's start here because I know it was one of those, it's not a, when you win 13 to 10 or a hard-fought victory, when you look at some of the things that happened in this game, right, it doesn't look great in some ways, but Sean Payton said it doesn't matter how they win as long as they're winning, right, and some mm-hmm. games like that in the past have been easily, uh, you know, lost or whatever the case may be, but, you know, I think, let's start with the the first elephant in the room, right, is the receiver's kind of have taken it on the chin a little bit you know it was some times where Winston put throws in and they just not having separation or not making the catches I mean what did you see from that and and maybe some takeaways from what you saw uh, you know what I saw Winston throw some good balls uh, I've seen some times the receivers wasn't getting open but I've seen him throw some some deep balls right down the sideline man and and when I tell you he was putting them right where they needed to be at and they were just dropping them you know, but, you know, it's going to be times like that uh, that receivers are not making the plays, especially you don't have your – you don't have Thomas there. You don't have your your main guy there. Uh, and, of course, your receivers, they got to step up and make plays when they can. But at the end of the day, they, they are not the franchise guys. You know, so it's going to be tough to expect uh, – it's going to be tough to expect these guys go out there and play – lights out night in and night out even though that it is expected from the organization but as a fan standpoint it's tough to expect that uh even though they will make plays you got guys that's capable of making plays and they have made plays so I don't want to get on them too much but they have made plays but they it was a it was rocky for them a little bit this last game we're back in better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE 
That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, and it was it was tough seeing that. You know, I I thought they had the balls there. It was Kenny Stills? He knew he usually makes those catches. Kevin White getting an opportunity making those catches. I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy because you have Chris Hogan that retires and um and kind of unexpectedly and such, and then you have to roll in some other guys there and. You know, look, you don't have Deontay Harris. You don't have Taysom Hill. And those are two big pieces that were missing from this game. And, and you know, mm-hmm. you look at short yardage. I mean, Seahawks did a good job bottling up Kamara for the most part in the run game. But in the passing game, he was the guy that that went off, right? Ten catches, yeah. I think 128 yards, a touchdown, offensive player of the week. I mean, this guy is just outstanding. And, and so, I mean, I guess the first question is, and before we even talk like Mark Ingram coming back, you know, is this a sustainable business model, you know, going forward for the Saints and what they're doing? I mean, they're four and two. The proof's kind of in the pudding. But is this sustainable if they can lean on that defense? I think it is because their defense are the real deal. You know, so I feel like they can sustain it. If you go back and look at how, uh, prime example, the Baltimore Ravens, when the ball, when the Baltimore Ravens really was consistently winning games and dominating games, uh, especially back in the Super Bowl era, it, it wasn't even about how good their offense was. I mean, don't get me wrong, they could run the ball a little bit, but it wasn't really about how just – explosive the Ravens offense was it was all about their defense their defense was was the staple point of that team and and they knew it and they knew it it was time I remember when uh when Ray Lewis used to say listen you just scored this amount of points and we'll hold other teams to this amount you just Mm got to get to this number and we can do the rest you know that's the type of confidence that Ray Lewis had in his defense and they got a they got a middle linebacker that sounds just as confident and what he and his abilities in that defense. When I'm talking about they, I'm talking about the Saints with that middle yep. linebacker. Uh, he's very confident in what he does. So I think this model is very sustainable. I love the fact they bring him back Ingram. Uh, that's going to help out uh, Kamara a ton and take some of the load off him and the things that he's doing. You know, so this is a definitely sustainable model. Uh, the way that Winston is not making those mistakes, uh, I think they can sustain it. Yeah, and you look at this and, and you see, uh, you know, the Saints offense and right. And again, we talked about this so much is that no Drew Brees in the picture that things were always going to look different. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I still think they can get some elevation from the tight ends. They still think they can get some elevation from the wide receiver group. Maybe they're a little bit more active on before the trade deadline and try to get somebody to help with the wide receiver group. And, you know, I think a lot of people think they're under the impression that when Thomas comes back, a lot of this magically gets fixed. And, you know, I think to some extent, I, I do buy that because, you know, right now, Callaway is your number one guy, right? And so you kind of mm-hmm. focus on him, double him. You don't have Deontay. Traycon was coming off an injury. He looked rusty. But when you get Mike back, a high-quality caliber receiver like him, you know, is it is it kind of that simple? Is that when Mike comes back that here's all the stuff that kind of gets opened up? Maybe tight ends get open more. Maybe these other receivers have a, a bigger opportunity. Is it is it really that simple? No, it's not really that simple. Uh, now, He's going to help when he first get back. 
I'm not 100% sure that he's going to come back and make an impact right off the gate. Because think about it, he hasn't been practicing. He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been going through the drills. So he's going to be rusty when he first get back. But there is something to say about his presence being on the field. So his presence being on the field may open up a few things. But when he gets back, it's not going to be that simple that he's going to come back and look like the receiver he looked like before he left. Uh, he's, it's not going to come back that easily. But down the stretch, if we can get him back down the stretch when it gets down uh, in December, um, late November, December, you know, we can get him back and he can start getting back into the groove of things. That's when you're going to see uh, the Mike Thomas that we're used to seeing, uh, if he can get back to that point. But early on when he gets back, it's not going to be that simple. He's not going to be the same receiver. Uh, he has to knock the rust off, too. Yeah, you got to get the continuity, the chemistry with Winston, you know, all mm -hmm. those types of things, the timing, all that stuff matters, right? And so, you know, look, again, we're, we're six games into the Saints season, right? It's 17-game season, so it's not like they're in a position where they have to have him this second and say, oh, well, you know, we, we're making this playoff push or anything like that. I mean, you know, it's still early-ish, if you will. You got a big game on Sunday, but I, again, at Seattle, they didn't have Russell Wilson, but I thought they did a good job against Geno Smith. I thought they did a good job of stopping the run, and we talked about that last week, that, you know, that was going to be the Seahawks' game plan, is to try to run the football, try to establish the tempo, try to take the, you know, the pressure off of Geno Smith, but man, getting Marcus Davenport back on the defensive line was huge. You know, mm -hmm. outside of that big DK Metcalf hookup uh, to against Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams, Saints' defense held their own. They did. They did. They, they looked good. That's one thing I really can say. They, they didn't allow uh, Lockett to get into the game at all. Um, they held him. Like saying with DK, you know, he had that one big catch early in the first quarter. But besides that, you really never heard of him again. Now, he did get a couple of penalties, uh, personal foul penalties drawn uh, from Lattimore because he was just really playing the mental game part of it. So he stole some yardage there, about 30 yards there as well. But Besides that, he really never made an impact the rest of the game at, besides that first catch. I mean, he had another catch late in the game, but besides that, he was non-existent. Yeah, and let me ask you this, too, because, um, you know, playing on the field, and, and I know it was a chippy game, right, and without getting, like, too specific, but, you know, when you're in those types of mental, mental spaces and just talking, because you've seen it with C.J. Gardner-Johnson getting under people's skin, I mean, what is, what is it that players are saying? Is it like, you know, I can't be like your mom is so fat jokes or anything like that, right? I mean, they just find something to maybe just keep grinding or, I mean, is it just really one of those that you just caught up, get caught up in the moment? Or, I mean, are you legit trying to say stuff to, to make this guy try to snap at you or what? No, so it's never really when it comes to uh, trash talking and, and players getting chippy with each other, it's never really the – the verbiage that comes out of a person's mouth. It's never the verbiage. I mean, because people talk crazy. Players talk crazy to each other all the time in games. And you're going to chirp back. You're going to say some stuff back. But it's when they start doing sneaky stuff, like getting sneaky hits off of you or, or pushing you after the play or grabbing your face mags during the play. It's when they start doing physical stuff to you that's when that starts getting under player's skin. And if you're not mentally tough to understand that you can't retaliate back because the officials never see the first person, and we're always taught mm -hmm. this, they never see the first person that throws the punch or does the, the cheap hit or anything. They always catch the second person. So 
you have to be disciplined enough to understand that, okay, I can't throw a punch back, especially, or I can't push this guy back, especially after the whistle, because the referee is going to be looking for that because they're never going to see what the first guy does. So it's never really the verbiage part about somebody's talking junk to another person. That's just part of the game. But it's when they start doing sneaky things to you physically, that's when it starts to get under your skin. Yeah, and look, I mean, that's uh, it's unfortunate to have that happen. But again, you got to keep your 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 cool in those games, right? In those situations, oh, yeah. and and you know, luckily it didn't really hurt the Saints in the grand scheme of things. You know, I think there was a play where Lattimore was being held by the official and by the jersey, and Lattimore shoved them off a good bit. And you know, that contact with the official, I was looking at, I was like. He's like he didn't get ejected for something like that. And that could have been a huge swing, if you will. But, you know, you mentioned that. And, and you know, I asked Amari Davis because there was a play where he absolutely just blew up the offensive lineman and blocked him into the running back and knocked him out for a tackle. And, you know, mm-hmm. I asked him about that because he said the play before he got blocked after the whistle and, and kind of contacted. And, you know, Demario, the way he explained, he's like, you know, look, you got six or seven seconds in the play to do things you don't need all that after the whistle stuff and you know he's mm-hmm. like you know all right you're gonna get yours in a second and sure enough he went in there and just absolutely blew up that offensive lineman but you know speaking to him look he had an outstanding game you know I thought he should have been player defensive player of the week but you know it goes to Deion Jones he's he's definitely good 15 tackles I can't ignore that but two sacks mm-hmm. huge one on the final drive uh almost an interception at the end of the game that would have really sealed it but man I, you know, again, I asked Sean about DeMario. Just uh, There's just so many good things you see. At 32, this guy is not supposed to be this good. But, I mean, what did you see from him? And how does somebody like that just, you know, we get wrapped up in Tom Brady being 44, but at a linebacker where you're playing, you know, 99-plus percent of the snaps, how are you able to be that effective? You know, he's very effective. Um, I didn't know he was that physical. He is a physical specimen. He's a playmaker. Um, he anchors that defense. It's a lot of things that that offenses can't do because of his type of play, because of the type of linebacker he is. Uh, he's really a run stopper. He's aggressive. He's physical. And like I said, he's not intimidated by any type of offensive lineman. Like you, you gave a great example when he pushed the offensive lineman back into the, into the running back and made the tackle with the offensive lineman. That type of stuff is unheard of. And I'm quite sure – uh, when the when the Seattle Seahawks get into their meeting rooms, uh, their offensive line and their head coach gonna give their old line an uh, earful when they see stuff like that, you know. So, just his type of play right now is really anchoring that defense, of course. And then you got Lattimore that's back there that you putting on their best receivers and he's shutting them down basically. So right now the Saints defense to me is a well-rounded defense when it comes to stopping the run and also being able to shut. Uh, big-time playmaker receivers down as well. So, like I said, like you was talking about earlier, I think they definitely could sustain the type of play they're doing now because they got the players to do it. Yeah, and I think before – and I think they even have the depth to do it too. But, you know, before you look at it, it's like, you know, you lose this key piece and it suddenly takes a huge hit. But defensively, man, they just don't lose a step. And, look, I think their identity has been found a lot more in this defense, and I think it's a good thing. You know, I mean, they they have explosive plays. Sometimes they have things that happen. And, you know, going into this game, you know, obviously it's frustrating for them because, you know, I talked to Cam Jordan the other week and he talked about the sack production. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of missed opportunities. They were tied for 30th, bottom of the league last week with eight, and they get five in this game. 
huge boost. And, and look, it's even going to get better because not only Marcus Davenport returned last week, but this week you get David Onyemata back, who's been on mm-hmm. suspension. And, you know, we joke, we, all he's been doing is, you know, lifting and getting stronger and all this other stuff. But, you know, I really think that this this front seven of the defense the Saints have has a, a real – real opportunity to be one of the big terrors in the league and you know they're going to need it against Tampa but you know more importantly just the fact of having such a strong front seven defensively what it does for an offense as far as taking pressure off and doing all those things I mean you look at that Seahawks game they had a 10 minute plus drive oh was it 19 plays it went it resulted in only a field goal but Man, when you're able to have a long, sustainable drive like that, I mean, what does it do for you defensively? I mean, you practically could have went to the bathroom, you know, <laughs> drink your Gatorade, talk, you know, do a whole bunch of things in 10 minutes. Oh, you, you know, you definitely want you want touchdowns after drives like that. You don't, you don't want to settle for field goals, but field goals aren't bad. But what it does for a defense, it gives them time to get over there to relax, to, uh, to get their energy back, to get their win back. And, and you're not pounding your defense. Even though you have a good defense, you're not putting them in situations where they got to and constantly get wore down. So when offenses put drives like that together, the defense is energized to get back out there and make plays. And so that that definitely helps the defense. Uh, but, of, but, of course, at the end of the day, you want touchdowns out of those long drives like that and not, and not field goals. Because if you look on the flip side of that, Seattle defense is looking like, okay, that's a win for them. Even though they they gave up a ton of plays, a 19-play drive, and a ton of time is ran off the clock. But to only give up three points after that, you know, you got to take your hats off to Seattle defense as well because that's a win for them. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I mean, those those got those drives have to be better. And I think that, you know, when you look at it, when getting guys like Taysom Hill back is going to be huge or, you know, even getting uh, Deontay Harris, that's going to help them out in the red zone and in their offense. But, you know, those opportunities coming in, they were one of the best in the red zone uh, defensively and offensively. So, I mean, again, it was kind of the same, same thing against Seattle, but, you know, now they got a real test on their hands with Tampa and, you know, you look at some of the, the bad stuff, right? So, Obviously, you lose Andres Pete for the season, potentially, just because of a torn peck. Uh, again, they hadn't had the official word, but that's where signs are pointing to. They have a capable guy to fit there in Calvin Throckmorton, so I'm not too worried about the offensive line. But I think the big mm-hmm. one is missing Will Lutz. Um, he's going to be out for the year. Uh, you know, just didn't – had a setback, just never could – put it together and and you know now they turn to a rookie and Brian Johnson to kick field goals and he did good in his first game but you know two big losses for the Saints team uh you know going forward you know again it's always next man man up mentality but you know talk about when you're in the locker room and you have a, a injury to a guy who's you know like Will Lutz or Pete who's a pro bowler I mean what that does for the team and how they rally around it yeah so so for the offensive lineman replacement, like I'm not really concerned about the offensive lineman replacement. Uh, I'm not really concerned about that. I feel like uh, whoever comes up next is going to be it's going to fit perfectly in with them. Uh, my biggest concern was our kicking situation, uh, but now those concerns to me are not concerns anymore because you have a you have a kicker come in in a hostile situation, and I don't care what time of the year it is. It's tough playing in Seattle, uh, especially when the weather is not ideal. It's just tough playing there. And for, for to have a rookie kicker come in and, and kick the way he did in his first time kicking, you know, 
that right there says a lot about him. He can play under pressure. He can kick on. He's good on the road because you got some kickers that it's tough for them to kick on the road. You know, they struggle more on the road and they do it at home because they're not familiar with it. You know, so for him to step up the way he did, that is huge for the Saints. And I'm quite sure that is going to be a huge confidence boost to to Sean, to Coach Payton and the offense coordinator. What offense coordinator is Coach Payton is, is that's going to be a huge confidence boost to him knowing that, okay, now we have an able and a willing kicker that can actually make these field goals. So we don't have to go for it as much or we don't have to uh, do certain things because we're afraid that our field goal kicker isn't adequate. You know, so that's going to help them out tremendously moving forward. Just and then with the kicker, just continue to improve his his skill set and continue to prove in practice and continue to build on the game he just had with Seattle and building his confidence. So that's going to be huge going forward. Absolutely. And, and, you know, look, it's a big test on their hands, right? You got four and two New Orleans hosting five and one Tampa, you know, Tampa's coming off a game where they absolutely beat the brakes off the bears. You know, it's Tom Brady. It looks like they're getting healthier, getting potentially uh, Gronkowski back in the lineup, Richard Sherman, Levante, David. I mean, a lot of guys that, that should be ready for this game. Right. And this is a team that, you know, when I, coming into the year, I thought they they would be the favorites for sure because of the lack of roster turnover. But, you know, Arizona's kind of had the real hot start and Tampa's, you know, they took a bad loss to the Rams. But now you, you have them coming to the Superdome. Uh, the Saints bested them last year in, in the regular season, but Tampa kind of got the last laugh in the playoffs. But, you know, what have been your impressions of this Tampa team? And, and do, you, do you really buy where they're at right now? Or do you think it's one of those, man, I think, that they're in for a rude awakening or what? Uh, I think this Tampa team is the real deal. Uh, I, I can't, I can't even sugarcoat it. They are the real deal. They, they have a great receiving core. They have a good defense. Like you said, they're starting to get back healthy. Uh, they, they're not playing the way they played last year defensively. But like I said, with the injuries and different things like that uh, to the secondary. So now they're starting to get healthier. Tom Brady is playing better than he played last year. You know, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the real deal. Do I think the Saints can come in or do I think the Saints can compete with this team? And do I think the Saints can beat this team? Yes, I do. I think they can. I think the Saints' defense is the reason why I feel like they can beat this team, even though you ha- they do have Tom Brady back at the quarterback position. The way our defense is playing, uh, how, confidence they're, how confident they're playing right now, to me is the reason why the Saints can beat this team. I feel like if we had, if our offense was so prolific that we were just putting up a ton of points, but our defense was the more of a struggling point, I would say Tampa Bay the entire time. Tampa Bay is going to take this game. But the fact the roles has, has reversed and our defense is our staple point and our offense is, I'm not saying we're really putting up a ton of numbers, but our offense is managing the game and they're, they're making plays and plays need to get made because you need a strong defense to try to slow this Tampa Bay Buccaneer offense down. Because uh, their their receiving core is one of the best in the NFL, and so we're gonna have a time with them. But like I said, we have to we have a good corner in Lattimore. I don't know who we're gonna put him on, uh, Brown or Evans. I don't know which probably one Evans. Put him on. Probably Evans. So, uh, like I said, if we can stop him and shut his big play down, you know, maybe we have an opportunity. The run game. I don't think we're gonna have an issue stopping their run game. I think our run defense is. It's probably one of the better run defense that the Saints, that not the Saints, that the Buccaneers going to face uh, in the league. So I think we have opportunity. For me, it comes down to Winston. That's what it comes down to, Winston. How he does when it comes to controlling the game 
it's going to be an emotional game for him because he's he's playing a team that, you know, that he used to play for for, for years. You know, so it's going to be an emotional game for him, him controlling his emotions and doing the exact same thing. Of course, continue to get better, but doing the exact same thing he did versus the Seahawks, which is making great decisions. I love that game, last game he played. Great decisions he was making. Absolutely. And look, Sean Payton talked about it this morning uh, on the conference call because he was asked about Winston's kind of his positive approach. And he said he's definitely a glass half full guy. He said Drew was that way. And, and Payton said he's kind of that way to an extent, if you will. But, you know, again, you talk about it. I, I don't have a question mark about the defense at all, especially when they're getting healthier. I think they can match up with the best of them. You know, that Lattimore and Evans rivalry goes back so long and, and, you know, Lattimore does a good job on Evans and plays up a level. So I don't have any question marks defensively, but you kind of hit it offensively. You know, the Bucks have been able to isolate Alvin Kamara, you know, when they play against them, but now you get Mark Ingram in the mix. I think that's going to give them a good jolt. But, you know, Winston is decision-making. I mean, when you're in offense like that and you've kind of been struggling or you've had some wide receiver issues or, you know, you can't get the run game going, I mean, what does what do the Saints need to do offensively? You know, you kind of hit on a few points with Winston, but, you know, what do they have to do from an execution standpoint? How would you see Sean Payton maybe calling this game a little bit, maybe on the early going, just try to help open things up and, and kind of get some confidence for this offense? Well, you have to you have to see what you have to look at the film, first of all, and see what where are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers vulnerable at? Uh, where are their weaknesses? Uh, where are other where have other teams attacked them at and been successful with? Uh, so that's the first thing that Coach Payton is going to look at. Uh, where can he exploit the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensively? And that's what he's going to look at. But again, I feel like for us to be. When I say us, we're talking about the Saints. For them to be successful, you have to get the run game going. You cannot put Winston in situations where he has to throw it a ton of times. Uh, I don't feel like right now he's to that point yet, but he's getting there. He's getting there. So exactly the same that he did versus, versus Seahawks. It was an ugly win, but there is no ugly wins in the NFL. You're just trying to win, and you can make the corrections the next day when you watch film. Uh, so there is no such thing as ugly wins. And however they need to do it, however they got to get the win, that's, I think, that's what they're going to do. But going back to Winston, when I'm talking about his decision-making, we all know, and we said this before, we all know that Winston is, is very talented. We already know, we all, we all know the type of numbers he has put up when he was with Tampa Bay. You can't argue those things. But what we did argue, what we did have issues with is his decision-making. And the way he made decisions last game, whether it was, to take the check down, check it down to Camara. Just take the check down, take what they give you. If it's not there, okay, tuck it, let's run it. If it's not there and you can't run it, throw it away. Those are the type of decisions that it continues to keep your, to keep your offense on the field or give you a next play to go and it's not a turnover. That's one thing we can't do. We cannot give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers extra possessions. So punting this game, it's not bad. Punting the football is not bad. You're not giving the you're not giving their offense extra possessions by turning it over and giving them great field position. So punting the ball and and putting it on your defense certain times, it's not a bad thing to do for the Saints. So that's why I say I like how Winston is making better decisions when it comes to ball management and ball control. But the game plan is still is the game plan. We got to be able to run the ball first. 
So, and I guess I would ask too, because Peyton expects Ingram to play. I mean, there's no question about that. He's going to play. He can't practice today because he's just now getting into New Orleans, but he'll get practice back starting tomorrow, but he's definitely going to be involved. But, you know, if I'm Sean, do I run a lot of two sing- two back sets and put Kamara and Ingram back there and try to confuse Tampa a little bit? I mean, as a play caller, you know, what are some ways that maybe you can throw off Tampa a little bit and maybe open some things up? I think the fact until you get your receivers back, you got to have your best players on the field. So in my eyes, I'm thinking you bring both of them, Ingram in the game and Kamara in the game, because now you don't really know. Now you're going to keep the defense uh, guessing. You don't know who's getting the ball. You don't know if if we're going to run a play action with Ingram and turn around and screen you with Kamari on the same play, you know, these things could happen, you know? So uh, I think having both of those guys in at the same time is an advantage for the, for the Saints. For sure. And I think so too. I, I think that they'll have a matchup and you saw it. I mean, you know, you could split Kamara out, you put him in the slot, you can put him on the outside. You could just leave Mark back there. I mean, and they're going to have a, a healthy offensive line to lean on. So you know, I think they can win this in, in the trenches for sure. But, you know, let's just talk about it. Who who wins this game and why? Let's just kind of go there. Yeah, so it's a big if. It's a big if. So the reason I say it's a big if, I feel like if the Saints, if the Saints do their job defensively, the way they've been playing, I'm not going to say do their job, but the Saints continue to play the, like they've been playing and continue to get better defensively and make Tom Brady uncomfortable that's going to be a huge win for the Saints. Uh, offensively, when it comes to the Saints, it's all about ball control, uh, controlling, the, controlling the time of possession. Uh, when you're in the red zone, getting trying to get touchdowns instead of field goals. And then when it comes down to Winston, his decision-making. So Winston's decision-making, when you get in the red zone, have those convert to touchdowns and not field goals, and defense playing solid. And I think the Saints win this game by three. Come down to field goal. I like it, though. I, you know, I think about, you know, because obviously in the regular season, they were able to do things and in, in, in the playoff game it was a, really it shifted a lot. And I mean that because where t- the Saints were getting beat defensively were, you know, the short intermediate game and, and the flats. And, you know, that was a game they didn't have Quan Alexander. But, you know, this game, I don't think Tampa is going to be able to do that because you have talent in Pete Warner. You have Quan Alexander there. I think the Saints are going to be a much better team covering the flats and, and being able to guard against that. And, you know, those short plays, dink and dunk down the field is, is not a bad thing. But I do believe that New Orleans, it's more going to hinge on what the Saints can do offensively. I'm totally with you 100%. If Winston can get it going, if he can, you know, trust his receivers enough and make some reads, because there were some throws last week that he had. Like he had one that Callaway was in the end zone. And then there was another one where Traquan, if he would have just kept running, he probably would have had a touchdown there too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, again, it's just those types of things when you look at film and you got to keep that trust there and and such. But, uh, you know, I like the Saints in this one. It's the home crowd. Superdome is going to be super crazy, super packed, something that wasn't there last year. Again, it was it felt against the Giants. Didn't go the way they wanted, but I think the Saints team is going to win. I, I like them by a field goal, too. I think this is going to be one of those heart palpitation type games. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna, it's going to come down to final possession or, you know, either way, either side. Either the Saints are going to have to make a field goal or they're going to have to stop them defensively. And I feel good about either one of those. And you know, I just think they're going to have Tampa in for a somewhat rude awakening, but it's definitely going to be one of those hard-fought, gritty type of wins that Sean Payton can put together. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and you think about it, the Saints are a good team. You know, they're a good yeah. team. You don't sit here at 4-2 and two 
and not be a good team. You know, and they could easily be uh, five and one. You know, so I just feel like the Saints are a good team. And one thing that the Bucks can't do, the Bucs can't come in here and overlook them. If the right. Bucs come in thinking it's going to be an easy win, it's going to be a bad day for the Bucs if they come into the wrong mindset. Because it's, it's Halloween. They're, they're coming into a hostile environment. And, and the Saints are playing good football right now. So it's... I think I think the Saints are playing the Bucks, and the Bucks are coming to New Orleans at the perfect time for the Saints. Absolutely, and look, you know, this is just the first of of two matchups, right? And the second one's going to be Sunday Night Football, December nineteenth, uh, rematch when Saints go to town. And so, look, this is NFC South game. It's got a lot more meaning. You can't just say, "Oh, well, everything in the past." I mean, this is this is when you get some of your hardest hitting, some of your biggest, you know, biggest type of football here. Fox America's games of the week right now, you know, top billing. It's just a lot that's going into this. So I, I like New Orleans chances. And again, I think that's the biggest thing is they're four and two and people are still sleeping on them because they still mm-hmm. wrapped up with, you know, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, all these other teams. And then there's kind of New Orleans, but they mm-hmm. did themselves a favor by winning this game last week. And, you know, I think obviously they're strong chance to get a wild card, but you know, they beat Tampa, then you, you can't ignore them any longer. And so I, I think they're, they're destined to, to do well. And then, you know, right after that, they got Atlanta at home and then they got two interesting ones on the road, but look one game at a time mentality, but I really like what the saints team has done this year. Um, their mental toughness, if you will, their mentality, just their everything that they've been able to display this year has been outstanding and you know it's a credit to Sean Payton his his coaching staff and just the preparation that goes into it which is so much right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so. a lot of it and, and but you hit it right in the head this is a this team is kind of flying under the radar uh, and and kind of the reason why they're flying on the radar is, is because like I said you we're so used to the New Orleans Saints offense just flying high putting up a ton of points putting up a ton of yards and and as a as fans and as football people, if I if per se, you always looking at offensively how good a team is offensively, and that is the, that is how you kind of put these teams up to the forefront because they just offensively just killing it. Well, the Saints aren't really killing it offensively, but they just finding a way to win, you know. So I kind of like the fact they're flying on the radar, and I'm quite sure that that Coach Payton liked the fact they're flying on the radar. You know, they can sneak up on some of these teams. Absolutely, no, I agree hundred percent, and so. Terrence likes the Saints this weekend. I like the Saints this weekend. Vegas does not. Vegas has Tampa minus four and a half, I think. That might change a little bit. But, look, Mm -hmm. again, I think either way, you're in for a really good football game on Sunday. And and I I don't know how it will all play out. I can only think and imagine in my mind. But, man, being back in front of a 70,000-plus at the Superdome is going to be huge for the Saints. I I really think they can do this. And then we'll see. Either way, I think they'll be okay. you know, from this, but look, Terrence, any uh, parting thoughts or before we kind of get out of here? Not at all. Go Saints. Go Saints always. Yes, sir. All right. On behalf of Terrence Copper, I'm John Hendricks for Believe in Saints. Be sure to check us out on the interwebs at Believe in Saints, part of Art 19. And we also want to thank Bet Online for producing the show. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.